Hey, Epic Podcasters. Uh, this episode is sponsored by Lit Ebook. Um, this is a digital book. Uh, the website is lit-book.com. Uh, it includes 139 pages uh, showcasing 54 different photographers, um, basically explaining their off-camera flash techniques. Uh, includes their most recognizable, iconic photos uh, with write-ups uh, by the photographers uh, with their own words. Um, just describing the concept behind each shot, the execution, some lighting diagrams, post-production, uh, basically beginning to end everything. Um, it's, it's mostly for wedding photographers uh, of all... Um, uh, skill sets, right? So uh, people just starting out, people that have been uh, shooting for a long, long time. Um, and the book also includes a ton of discounts for uh, lighting off-camera flash-specific products like Madmog, uh, Pixel Stick, um, things like that. Uh, I, it's 100% tax deductible since it's an educational resource. And uh, yeah, you can use a special coupon code, Um it's just epic, E-P-I-C. It's pretty straightforward. Um, so that should give you a nice little discount. And uh, our thanks to uh, the Lit eBook for sponsoring this episode. Thanks. What's up? Hey, Nathan. What's up? Uh, hanging out. Getting, getting ready to do a full day of editing and stuff. <laughs> This is such an energizing <laughs> podcast, so I Welcome hope you're ready. to the yeah. epic podcast with your host, Nathan Mitchell and Sam Hurt. How are you today? Today we, <laughs> today we talk about the D850, uh, hands-on uh, with the D850. We talk about uh, other things as well. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, we can roll right into it. I don't have anything new going on in life other than... Uh, the the acquisition of the D850 and having shot two weddings and a, a corporate portrait session and I think an engagement session, um, it's uh, it's great. Do you have any questions for me, Nathan? So, uh, well, first of all, I actually randomly I would love to hear about how the corporate headshots went. Pretty good. Sent them off. Never heard back. So <laughs> you never know. Um, yep. I feel like that's a classic corporate. They never say like "thank you so much" like it, ever. Yep. Never. Ever. Ever. Never. Nope. Uh, yeah. It's it's so hilarious. But um, <laughs> yeah, it, it was great. Actually, it was fine. I shot it all. I've, I've shot almost everything in medium raw to uh to just really push and pull those files to see if there's anything that i see in terms of the uh editing being limited by them cooking the files or compressing them by throwing away data in some way it does appear to me to be full-on raw files just at a lesser resolution still 25 megapixels which is the perfect number yeah i was gonna say i think isn't that's just slightly higher i think one more megapixel than the um D750. I think 750 is 25 as well, but it's somewhere roughly close. And, uh, and then a lot of people are saying, well, you can actually get similar file sizes by doing compressed 12 bit large raw and it would be the same file size, but that's not entirely true. There's still about, uh, it's a difference between like 30 megabytes versus like 37. So there's still some, you know, you add that up times 5,000 across a wedding day. That's still a huge amount of extra memory. And I just don't, I don't want, I don't, ever need 45 megapixels ever i don't need 30 like ever it's just not something i at all want or need so nice to have it as the option that's why i like this camera it's got a bit more than i need in almost every way which is perfect for the the rare times that you need it and 
when you don't, it's just, you know, uh, it's good to not be running at 110% all the time with all your equipment, uh, if you don't need it. And, uh, yeah. yeah. I wonder if, yeah, maybe, maybe, uh, portraits only you just swap over to full res and I do wish you know. they had a really, so you know how you can normally hit the quality button and then adjust various settings. Yeah. Uh, from what I can tell, there's no way to actually adjust medium, small or large raw. It's just raw to JPEG to small JPEG stuff, stuff like that. So you have to go uh, into gotcha. the menu every time you want to change your raw capture size, which is kind of annoying. Uh, I'm going to play with that some more. Maybe there's a f- custom can, function button or something. You I was going to say maybe a con- custom function or at the very least, I guess you could just assign it to your, you know, favorite menu items or whatever, which yeah. I actually really use a lot. I don't know if you use that a lot, um, but I have the, the, do you, do you ever use a custom menu option in um, Nikon's menu settings? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do. I, I prioritize yeah. a few things. Wi-Fi on and off. It's got a dedicated Bluetooth uh, connect in, uh, connection, and oh, so nice. that I keep off most of the time to not toast the battery. And right. uh, but I don't know. I don't know how much battery it actually even would take. I just turned it off because whatever. Speaking of which, um, battery life is it pretty good? Yes, twenty three hundred frames, something in that ballpark. Okay. Uh, yeah, sounds pretty great. Similar to the. 750. It's the same battery as a 750, right? It's, EL it's a 15? EL15A, and I'm not uh, sure what difference the A brings because the chargers are the same. And I can put the D750 batteries in the 810 and, or 850, and, it, and they work. I assume maybe it's just a capacity thing. I bet there's like uh, a, gotcha. maybe there's a higher. Interesting. Yeah. Yep, 24. 0.3 megapixels for the 750. So okay. I'm getting an extra megapixel there. Yeah. Um, okay. So the so tell me a little bit about more about the weddings that you shot with the 850. Well, I'll uh, say mine um, it needed a significant amount of focus calibration, which was a bit of a bummer that I didn't realize until <laughs> into shooting. It's like oh gosh, but it does have the okay. auto auto focus fine tune feature, so you can kind of sit up and and do it rogue anywhere you have a flat surface and something to focus on which is nice and that's (laughs) i did that after about an hour of shooting uh at this wedding and then everything was great but it did need significant like my 5814 needed like plus 13 or 15 or something like crazy like that and uh after that adjustment it works great but uh you know my d5 it needed no adjustment so it's definitely a body thing and that'll vary from body to body but um, right. you know, it's just something to be aware of and make sure you definitely check for with any new camera and it's tedious. It's a pain to do, uh, you know, sit down with all your lenses and, and do that because it, it, yeah. it's, it, the, you know, the, the rates vary. Like I'll sit down and do an autofocus fine tune and it'll say plus five. Now I'll do the exact same thing again, having moved nothing and it'll say plus six and then it'll be like plus two. So I do it like <laughs> 10 times on every lens and just take the average of what it's coming in at and. Yeah. And it, it always That's works fine. after that. It's just like, come on, what, why can't it be a little more reliably consistent? I'm not sure. Um, okay. Um, so the, it's got a flip out screen, so it's like awesome for, for cool portraits. That is something that after shooting with the D five for, um, a few weddings now and uh, a few portrait sessions and everything like that, that uh, I definitely miss is that flip out screen. So awesome. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I'm really looking forward to when, when my 850 comes in, uh, which yeah. I have no clue six to eight weeks. I think oh, no. was what I was quoted. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. 
Um, but uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I was really happy to see that it had that flip out screen. Yeah. Um, it's, it should be a standard on every camera as well as the, the greatest feature they launched is the focus peaking. Focus peaking. Yeah. Yes. Tell me. Yeah. Enlighten me. Well, uh, you can choose red, yellow, or white, just like uh, any other camera, mirrorless camera that has focus speaking. And then, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. anytime you enable manual focus, or if you, uh, I have the back button set to disable autofocus. I always have. So a lot of cameras have it as AF on. Yep. <laughs> that button, I actually have AF, AF turn off. So I can yeah, be half for, pressing for the shutter. Focus. Half pressing the shutter enables autofocus. And then if I, if I instantly want focus speaking, boom, I just hold that button and it works. I don't have to switch manual focus on or off or anything. It just enables it instantly. And it works. Oh, really? Yeah. Wait, so as soon as you press AF on, the, the focus peaking also comes on? Yep, as long as you have that shutter half pressed, as long as you're engaging. Er, no, oh, I don't gotcha. know if I have to have the shutter half pressed. It's, it's just any time the camera is detecting that you're in a manual focus mode where autofocus oh, is disabled, it, that's it turns on. That's such a good idea. Yeah. That's, ex- that's exactly what it should be. Yeah. Yeah, it should. That's really cool. So, I feel bad for everybody that does back button focus. Uh, although... I guess if you had back button focus on it, I suppose when you half press the shutter, maybe that would turn on. I don't, I don't think so. I want I'm curious. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, ha, um, back button focus people out there. Uh, let us know in the comments. Yeah, that'd be great. I don't, I don't know. I don't remember the last time I checked the comments and <laughs> Reddit only serves as a way for me to get buried let us know on deep Facebook. into stupid. Uh, I found, I came across like a, 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 software exchange like a presets exchange group of people just like or they'll do like group buys so everybody will buy one pack and then like share all 10 packs and with, share with 100, 100 people or something and it's just uh and then i was just posting obnoxious stuff to be like um <laughs> yeah yeah you should have yeah, it's, posted a bunch of fake presets that's a genius that idea funny. actually but um yeah there's like 1700 people in this one group and they just trade and 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 they're doing giveaways which is hilarious and one person was complaining that uh they traded with somebody and the person they were trading with didn't end up sending them anything so they got screwed and i was like huh? look i mean you buy what you pay exactly for, like, or get what you yeah, pay for. like i'm sorry i'm so sorry that uh you know you got screwed <laughs> out of screwing a company uh, out of ripping someone yeah, off i mean those days i remember them i remember those days of uh um you know, downloading pirated software and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, most of these preset the places, even though I, I generally hate presets, <laughs> um, most of these companies, you know, they're not like huge corporations or anything that have tons of money. They're just like single photographers or small groups of photographers. Like you should be supporting yeah. people that are, uh, yeah, involved in that. So it's, it's whatever. But, uh, yeah. I mean, people just assemble these packs of like every, everything. And then, it's like, hey, I want to trade, or or they'll even sell it for for less. And mm-hmm. um, anyway, we're getting a little off topic, but uh, so, they even well, include PDFs and okay. e- ebooks. <laughs> like, goddamn. <Yeah. laughs> okay, so eight fifty. Um, give me your one sentence review. Um. Uh, if okay, if you shoot Nikon, you should own this. Okay. Yeah. Even cool. even if you shoot sports, like you can get away with owning this. I mean, the D five yeah. uh, is is 
amazing and still has its place and it's still tough to like completely judge the uh the tones until it's fully supported by lightroom but i'm pretty sure their their baseline profiles that they released for camera raw which you can open in photoshop and and work well um yeah i'm pretty sure that is going to look the same uh once it's finally supported in the lightroom workflow and everything but mm-hmm. um yeah it, it did for the 750 there was no yeah. there was no difference and, and tonally it's just tough to really tell without long long term shooting if you know how the tones are, are changing but i took a few like same shots with like the d5 the d850 it does seem like they're at least very similar uh the d850 Great definitely has more dynamic range the d5 is 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 fantastic if you have d850 definitely get a grip uh to you know balance uh counterweight and stuff if you use balance flash and stuff like that but um yeah if you own a d5 you should get a d5 d850 as a complimentary camera or just get two d850s uh i i think it's not wise to own two d5s you know unless you're strictly 100 like a sports photography or something no which uh which brings me to a, a, a somewhat unrelated point, which is that when we went to San Diego, <clears throat> I brought my D5 because I had just picked it up, and um, I was like, oh, I'm going to shoot everything. I'm going to shoot some street stuff with the D5. That was such a terrible idea. <laughs> it, it, I yeah. didn't bring it out because it was so heavy, and I knew I was going to get jacked any time that I brought it out. <laughs> it is an eye catcher. Um, yeah. Yeah, so my my new plan is instead of selling my DF, which I have been planning on doing for like a year, uh, I'm just going to keep the DF and use that as my street camera and roll around with that. And then um, once my D850 comes in, I'll sell both of my 750s because I have two of them Mm -hmm. and uh, have and then and then sit on the DF and bring that with me to um, yeah, just bring that bring that abroad. Or wherever I'm, wherever I'm going. Nice. Uh, that's that's my new plan. It's a great one. I like it. It's uh, yeah. I, DF I, is a is a great camera. It's got uh, lots of nice I'm, colors. I'm excited for what I believe will be a DF refresh later this year yeah. to celebrate the hundredth anniversary. I think that's going to be a knockout <sighs> Dude, camera. I'm sure it'll have it's weird, gonna weird knock out, limitations. Yeah. I'm sure, but I have a feeling it'll be um, just great. So we'll see yeah but uh yep, me too because <laughs> they better they better have learned what not to do yeah from the df because there was just a few things that made the df very annoying um but overall it ended up being a, a successful camera but i definitely feel like a df2 could be so sweet yeah yeah i'm i'm excited for it and i think maybe nikon is finally getting to the point where they're just actually putting everything people actually want in a camera um as, as much as they're able like, but I, I feel like they're getting to that point because they're ramping up for a, a real push in mirrorless that's my dream that's yeah my, that's my pipe dream it's a pipe dream but yeah i, I mean i i think i agree i think and i'm hoping it's because there has been like people either like us or like others that have said that there's just not that other camera makers are pushing more functionality um you know and nikon and canon still have sort of the edge in terms of like pure speed and ease of use um overall in terms of camera bodies Mm -hmm. um but you know things like the the a9 i mean it's got everything um it just has everything um and then it's just and it also has a couple of shortcomings but you know nikon needs to catch up 
and I'm really excited to see them actually do that at some point. And I think the 850 is proving that they actually are cramming features, even if it's at a slightly higher price point, like we want it. So go for it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, which is why I'm excited for potentially a, I wonder, Ooh, well, a DF2, it would have to be mirror, or it'd have to be a mirror, an SLR, because that would just be ridiculous yeah, to have. I mean, yeah. it would be amazing if they were able to, to make it like a retro mirror. Yeah, but I don't think that's going to be the case. But it, it, There would be no point. If I was designing the DF2, I would say it has to be a mirror just to attract the type of person that would want a retro camera like that. They want a mirror. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, probably. Yeah. I think so. Well, I mean, like I mean, at least like the old shooters, school, like a shooters don't want to, uh, don't want a SLR, you know, they want, that's true. Um, yeah, but I mean, then, then they would, should just have a, a mirrorless camera in addition to the DF too. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. It's an exciting time. Anyway. I, I'm, I'm thrilled to have the 850 and shoot with it for many, many years. Uh, the only thing that is lacking for me is the, stupid non-implementation of any real uh double exposure multiple exposure in live view features there's there are none it's just uh they added new blending modes that are more similar to the canon modes in fact i think they're the exact same ones like dark and light mode and some uh, there's two others but um it's so you still can't compose in <laughs> yeah, you live can't, view you can't load one up and see it at you know 50 percent opacity opacity uh opacity <laughs> Without a yeah, yeah. I guess do it blind. Are they? Yeah, I guess are they still trying to target HDR photographers with that? I guess where they don't need a second. You know, they don't need to compose in live view. They're I just guess. shooting. I think that they're just on a bracket. I think they're just oblivious, or the the a fundamental way in how the software is is written prevents it from happening. That's my other guess. It's just like there's something they would have done if they could easily by now, but it requires like a rewrite in some way that they're unable mm. or uninterested in dedicating resources to. So that that's, you know, that, and that would be reasonable. I wish companies had more communication about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Cause then it would be like, Oh, well, you know, they can't because of this, but instead we're left to just be angry about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like a simple communication, yeah. you know, a simple memo could fix this. Um, yes, but yeah, I, I definitely understand that. Um, okay. So, uh, let's, let's shift gears slightly. Let's move over to Apple. Um, we've, we had <laughs> some exciting Apple announcements, uh, come out. Did you recently see, or are you planning to purchase a new iPhone or, or are you, are, you're the type that generally sticks with what they got for a while, but I'm curious if you're, opinion. yeah. Yep. I'm a, I'm, I am not an early adopter. Uh, I just am not. Um, but, uh, it does seem really cool. I think the coolest feature of the, uh, of the new iPhone is to just like, look at it to wake, um, which is kind of that, crazy. That's also I just, the most controversial feature. People are like really well, uh, weird. Oh yeah, definitely. I told Abby about that last night and she was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I was, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, really? I was like, yeah, I mean, I definitely understand because, um, you know, a lot of people, I guess, would get freaked out about that, or I don't know. It just seems like technology is taking over. It looks at our faces and then wakes up. But yeah, but it's, it's a secure enclave. Like the the dream yeah. is to have, you know, a device that you just pick up and it works, knowing 
you know, on however many different metrics, I would love to have a fingerprint scanner also. I think that it will come eventually, but I'm fine with just the face scanner. I mean, it's all stored in a secure enclave that's not anywhere right. that can be analyzed or processed or, or, or worked on or looked at by Apple or anybody else. It's stored yeah. locally on your device. So that is 100% fine with me. The dream is to just be able to pick up your phone and start using it and, and it know it's you. And if anybody else picks up the phone, it can't be used. That's, that's perfection in my mind, but yeah, that would be, that's really cool. And that's what I love about Apple is their innovation, their, their willingness to try a lot, like really interesting, futuristic new things. I remember when the, uh, fingerprint scanner, um, you know, was first introduced and just holding your thumb to the home button, just woke the phone up and it was just really i just i was like mind blown well and that's the um, thing i mean every you know people's blood starts to boil when they've owned a phone that's done facial recognition for the past couple years it's not like apple is is pioneering this concept but i guarantee you it's going to work securely and flawlessly and i was listening to an interview and one of the huge tests that you can say you know it's like okay yeah this is secure enough is that all of Apple's senior VPs and executives and, and everyone that probably works for Apple that has access to the X phone uses this as their main source of security. And I and I bet that they have pretty damn sensitive information on their devices. And, oh, yeah. And it's not like they have a, an additional layer of security that any you know that no one else would have access right. to. And so that that's that's a great little uh, baseline test to look at. And I mean, you know, obviously they're going to use it because they all work for Apple, but it actually, I think, will work in the way that the fingerprint, you know, the Touch ID worked bef- differently than any other uh, touch sensor before Apple's. Yeah. I mean, everything else was horrible. And the Samsung Face ID can be easily tricked and isn't reliable. And I really wonder uh, how often Apple brings out a technology and then puts it into manufacturing. And then the manufacturers, like Samsung or whoever, buy off or emulate the technology from there. Like, they have to wait till it actually is getting manufactured and they have some insight. I wonder I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know how that works. That's like high-level corporate, uh, yeah, espionage. <laughs> it's not espionage. Well, it's just, it's just, uh, it's not espionage. Um, maybe it's like similar though. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird, but it's but it's good. I mean, everyone moves. should be happy. Like, even if you don't if you don't like Apple or you don't use iPhones or whatever, the fact that some company has figured out how to do it in a way that can't be tricked with paper, that is very reliable, fast like that is going to trickle down to Android phones and and all smartphones and probably our computers. Like, it's going to be awesome. And so, yeah, Apple is likely the first to do it in a way that's implemented extremely well, but. Um, it will it will definitely go out to everyone at some point, just in terms of yeah. the clones and whatever. Yeah, uh, it's definitely. it's funny. Uh, yeah, I got I couldn't sleep last night, and so I was diving deep into um, uh, some Apple interviews, and then you go into the comments on any Apple interview. It's uh, uh, yeah, yeah, even on an Apple focused site, and it's toxic people saying you know how horrible Apple is and how bad. Like I guess some person did did posit a pretty interesting scenario where you know a would-be or or a supposed thief maybe walks up and you have your phone sitting in front of you at a restaurant right and maybe you're looking away or whatever they grab your phone and say hey is this your phone and then they immediately just point it at your face and then they walk away with it or run away with it 
Uh, I, I suppose yeah, that's, that's, interesting. that's possible and probably a lot easier than them like holding your hand and forcing you to put your fingerprint on the phone. Uh, but right. at the same time, be sensible. Like, don't leave your phone sitting out on a table where somebody can easily just swipe it. Uh, yeah, but wait, but wait, 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 no. Because how many times have you gone to a restaurant and with like four or five people, and there's four or five phones yeah. on the table? That's true. They wouldn't know whose is whose. That's true. <laughs> so, also, unless it's the one sitting also, right in front I, of them. I think that that's one step more complicated than just the thief, uh, you being on your phone, looking at it already unlocked and using it, and then they just take it out of your hand and run away. Like, that's actually yeah. even easier. So, I think, if nothing else, Face ID is, is adding a slightly additional layer of security. So, I'm not worried at all. I think it's going to work fantastically, and I'm, I don't know. I yeah, will probably I so not too. get the phone until next year. What I'm most freaked out, or not freaked out, but freaking excited about is my LTE-enabled Apple Watch coming by the end of this week. Yep. Um, really, really excited for the new Apple Watch. That's that's definitely something that I'm getting. What's, um, what's funny is that, like, as cool and interesting as the iPhone is, I'm actually hoping to use it less than any of my yeah. previous iPhones because the Apple Watch has so such potential to be uh, yep. always connected and have what I need um, without needing to be plugged in and fully, fully uh, immersed in social media all the time. I guess what I'm so okay. So correct me if I'm wrong, but the way that the Apple Watch Three is going to work is that it's got cellular. Uh, you don't need your phone. Um, well, d- if you get a cellular one, it doesn't need your phone. So you can leave your phone at home, and you grab your your watch, you throw that on, and you run out the house. Um, mm-hmm. When you get a call, it's got a speaker on it, but it's probably not. It's probably similarly quiet to the Apple or to the iPhone or to the, the Watch Apple 2. Watch, yeah. Um, yeah, which is pretty quiet. Uh, so you're going to want to wa- use like an AirPods or. Yeah, that's um, the, the dream. Or something else. That's the, the setup is they're, they're really. Is that kind of like the pitch, basically? Get the AirPods, yeah, exactly. And the AirPods so, are great for that. Right. But then my thing is you're just going to need to have AirPods on you in order to receive calls, basically. Yeah, um, probably. Instead of your iPhone, you have your watch and some AirPods. And so I guess my question is, that's going to need to be in your pocket now from now on instead of your phone. I'm trying to envision, basically, I'm just trying to envision the scenario. Yeah, no, it's good good to think it the through. The Apple Watch scenario. For me, that's actually better than it currently is in that I prefer having my AirPods for almost everything. Uh, even if I take a phone call on my phone, I put in my AirPods to talk. And so I have them on me anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, and now I won't have to have my phone and I'll have more space. Right. So so I guess for the, so you're just going to have to have your iP- your earpod, AirPods in your uh, in your pocket, and when you get a call, you just throw one or two in. Mm-hmm. If you want, uh, I mean, if you're talk. in a quiet place, I think the speakerphone will be fine. And maybe they've improved right. the speaker because they now allow Siri to work through the speakerphone instead of just having text interface oh. on the watch. Siri actually will talk, uh, which is a nice improvement. That is a nice improvement. If yeah, Siri could nice. possibly get smarter. <laughs> yeah, which I'm not going to hold my breath on. Sorry. I... By the way, uh, another sidetrack. Did you see the the latest South Park episode? No. What is it? Or did you hear about it? No. Uh, it's funny. Um, the basically Cartman um, 
uh, gets everybody gets an Alexa, and so at the beginning I of the did episode, hear about this. It's it basically trolls anybody that has an Alexa within earshot of their TV because and it starts ordering like horrible things oh that I can't mention God. on air. That's uh, so great. And so Cartman is just or is just like, hey, um, can you put like this and this and this on my shopping list? And so people's shopping lists all over the world uh, have disgusting, horrifying things on them because of this episode. And, and that seems like a pretty huge security oversight. And one of the things that, that's cool about, supposedly cool about the HomePod or Siri in general is that it does voice recognition. So if you have a HomePod in your house, you know, Nessa says, hey, what's on my calendar? It'll look at her calendar versus mine. And, uh, and I can't believe, I'm sure Alexa will have something similar at some point, but I can't believe that they haven't had it already. Like they, they need to get on that. Yeah. But, yeah, I just think it would be funny if someone was like, "Call nine one one right now." Oh, um, I, and I, I may just beep that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good call. <laughs> did I just troll? I just did it. Because one of the things I use uh, my Alexa for the most is is listening to podcasts. So I can't. Beep oh me my god. Me. Okay. <laughs> that what that was was me uh, calling. Yes, nine one one. Okay. Um, okay. So let's see what else is going on. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the Apple watch. I think it'll be interesting again, just to kind of see, you know, whenever Apple rolls out something really interesting, which is, I guess every other year, in my opinion, um, uh, I, I'm, I'm always interested to see kind of the meta implementation of that across. Yeah. I, I, the, the, I think the world. this watch will be, in this form and in, in iteration, it'll just be iterative improvements for a long, long time. It mostly yeah. focused on battery, getting talk time, and getting the LTE working without you know an hour battery life or something. The talk time right now is an hour if you <laughs> are on the phone that much throughout the day. It's going to be a problem. Yeah, but that's it's with it not uh, being in range of your phone. Yeah, obviously, true. it can it can save a lot of juice by just tethering to your phone but uh, we'll see what happens it's it's exciting yep. I'm, I'm just i can't believe honestly i didn't think that they were going to get it that soon get the uh, the same and the fact that they've been Me able neither. to put it in, in the same watch case it's got a, it's a little thicker on the back where the sensors are by like two sheets of paper they say so it's mm. a little thicker but uh the fact that they were able to get a, an e-sim in there already and not have it look like a monstrous huge computer on your wrist is just fantastic so it's really cool yeah i was i was also i guess i wasn't super surprised but um but i guess i kind of was um, i just thought it'd be another year at least so yeah least. exactly i i figured it was in the works but i didn't really expect it to be just like bam here it is um so yeah i'm definitely excited about that um did they that they didn't mention any i i'm not I didn't watch enough of it to know if they mentioned any new Mac products. No, um, nothing like that. They, that was all uh, just new 4K Apple TV, which is kind of neat. Oh, with right. A yep. Slightly modified mm-hmm. Siri remote, so you can tell, like the menu button lights up, so you can sort of tell in the dark which side is front, mm-hmm. something like that. That's what it appears. That's cool. Um, I didn't actually watch the whole keynote, but yeah, me neither. Um, Okay. And then there's um, the iPhone 8, which is, you know, kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, so I, again, so it's got the face recognition, but it's also pretty much bezel-less. 
Um, well, it's the same. Least, it's the as same bezel as the old as, one. I think the, the eight. Yeah, yeah it, it's still got plenty of bezel, but it's got a glass back and uh, you know reworked materials yep. behind it. But it, it's got I think the same bezel as the current phones. But it has less note because at the top it's got uh, a smaller bezel footprint. I thought. Yeah, yeah I don't think so. Uh, maybe, <laughs> but I think there's well maybe, but it looks to me the same and i'm pretty sure their manufacturing isn't changing much because the availability is is excellent so which is going to be the opposite right. case for the x <laughs> i think i was going to say so yeah iphone x is also really interesting um are you going to get an iphone x yeah or eight i'm going to get both okay uh because my yeah. my current one uh, the screen broke and uh it's been hell on earth with this screen for the past uh, year basically because I got it right. swapped out at a uh, you know random shop somewhere not at Apple and uh, and I just desperately needed a new phone and uh, I could get the screen repaired but I'm just going to get the 8 and then uh, probably yeah. resell it and get the X and plus I have no uh, lofty expectations of getting the X anytime maybe before Christmas yeah. and so yeah, no. yeah I'm just going to get the 8 now enjoy a nice new phone faster everything better screen and then wireless charging that'll be kind of nice and then whenever I'm able to get the X I will pre-order and uh, hope for the best yeah so this is what I was what I was thinking about I've, I forgot the uh, the X was significantly different than the 8 so the X has uh, some interesting features. Or I guess I should be calling it the 10. Uh, I don't know what they want that... people to call it. I don't know because what happened to iPhone 9? Like I think they I, th- I think they want people I don't to call know. it X. I th- it... Yeah, but isn't this like the 10 year anniversary of the iPhone or something? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's iPhone 10. By the way, Mac OS X apparently is pronounced Mac OS 10. It's not that anymore. It's called Mac OS. They changed the name like 2 years mm. ago, Nathan. Oh, well, it's just Mac OS. I'm, I'm behind the times, but I heard it recently. Somebody was talking about oh, Mac OS 10. OS 10. Yeah. And it was X. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. What the hell? Uh, but yeah, so there's some pretty cool features on the X. Um, a lot to do with uh, the camera mm-hmm. and portrait mode. Care to elaborate, Sam? Yeah, it does. What I have said for so long now is going to be a real thing and a potential competitor to all photographers, uh, augmented or modified light in a portrait after the photo has been taken. So it's a pretty crappy result that I'm seeing right now, but it's the start of what will be eventually fantastic. And so they, you can use your front facing camera. They use depth mapping. They use actual 3d technology apparently to they call it true depth camera or something to map your face and then be able to model and change the light after you've taken the picture to do a studio light a contour light a stage light where it totally isolates you and the background to just be black and uh, and then a stage light mono which is just black and white so this is this is what the feature will be uh where you have a photo definitely and it will render the light and change it to be whatever you want now this isn't exactly what i anticipated what i think is going to happen is a full CG analysis and rendering of the scene and then a, an entire new output yep. of data that is actually all computer graphic generated but looks totally photorealistic in a way that you can't even tell the difference and allows you to change the light to be whatever. So this is a first and scary step in that direction. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> because, huh. yeah, people, I mean, you can take 
full-on professional photos with an iPhone. The conditions really have to be specific and correct for it to be to really shine. But uh, yeah, it's just going to get more and more capable. It's amazing. I mean, if Apple made yeah. a DSLR, I can't imagine the world we'd be in right now. It'd be fantastic, actually. Yeah, because <laughs> I feel like um, we could really push stuff. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I can't believe this is on a cell phone. Another interesting feature uh, that I'm just noticing now, um, optical zoom. Well, they had that in optical the plus zoom. size. So this oh, is, did they? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. They had the, any, yeah, any camera that has the dual lenses, that's what's enabling. One is a telephoto, uh, gotcha. one is not. So, but this is unique in that it's a, this, a smaller camera that still has dual instead of just being the plus size. So, right. yeah, yeah, it's got optical zoom. It's, it's going to have the best of the best camera, as far as I can tell. Wireless charging through the glass. I'm excited to have a glass back again. I don't know about you, but I really enjoyed those. Uh, I know people freak out about dropping. Which one? Uh, I'm excited to have glass back. Have glass back to my iPhone. Oh, again. yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. It's it's going to shatter a million times, but it is it does feel nice. Yeah. And it looks great. I remember my iPhone... My old iPhone 4. Yep. May it rest in peace. Um, I loved, loved the back on that. Yep. But, uh, yeah. So And then they've got uh, another cool feature, wireless charging for all three of these new devices. We've got the iPhone X, uh, which is that also going to charge an 8, or is it just the X that will charge yep, wirelessly? The 8s will, too, because they have new glass backs. So. Oh, right. So then that and the, the, the watch and the new... Um, AirPods um, will all. So I think they're just selling an AirPod charge on one mat. I think they're just selling an AirPod case. So I, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you yeah, can just take your AirPods you currently have, throw them in this new case, and yeah, you'd be able to place them anywhere on this mat in any combination or mm-hmm. configuration. They'll all charge, which is yeah. great. Pretty. It's just pretty cool. Technically just not you... wireless because it still requires a wire, <laughs> but yeah. um, you know, to, to plug into your outlet at some point along the way, but. But I mean, it's as close as you can get. And the other thing is, I don't know. Imagine, I guess, think about if that thing had a, a pretty righteous battery um, where you could charge up the wireless mat, <laughs> leave oh, the wire yeah. at home, bring in well, just your wireless mat and all your stuff and just throw everything in. Well, it's the uh, it's the Qi wireless charging standard. And as far as I know, there are a ton of chi wireless charging pads already out that do have battery battery powered charging stuff so it doesn't have to be apple branded it's a standard that is supported by many phones it's been out a a long time on a lot of android phones so apple is is catching up to that but yeah so i mean you don't even have to wait for apple's pad you can just use it and oh yeah you can charge at uh hotels cafes and airports that have the uh, wireless charging pads chi standard yeah and so yes apple's late to that but um it's nice you know, for everyone, when a new, especially a big player, comes in to, to a new standard, because that just gives hotels and airports and stuff more reason to invest their money in that. Um, yep. But, yeah. Um, and along with that comes the new uh, iOS, which you've been tooling around with for a little while since you've got some yeah. old school developer privileges. Uh, yeah, I've almost forgotten that n- not everybody's on this because <laughs> yeah. I've used it since June when I got the new iPad. And uh, everyone, I mean, it's you're just going to love it. I just can't say anything more about it. Like, there, yeah, it's very, no, no it's very sleek. Lots of podcasts, lots of articles have already been written up about it. It's 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 a slam dunk. It's a, it's a home run. All those words. 
Nice. Um, yeah, well, I'm definitely excited. Uh, again, as a non-early adopter such as myself, I am interested to kind of see how the meta plays out. Um, yeah. How? Well, how, how, uh, you know, for wedding photographers, I still can't recommend a, if not an Apple Watch, then some sort of notification on your wrist yeah. solution for wedding day coverage. Because, yeah, I, I miss so many things uh, when my phone is <laughs> in my pocket. And if I don't have my watch on, I wear my watch pretty much every day. So it's been a while since yeah. I've missed something. The only time I miss anything is when I accidentally have it in like airplane mode or do not disturb without, you know, right. without realizing and, or and the other thing is, I, I'm always wary. I don't know if this is a big deal or not, but I'm always wary of using my phone around clients. Um, I don't really love to use it too much unless, unless it's obvious that I'm doing it for some specific purpose that they're aware of. Hmm. Um, otherwise, especially at like event shoots, uh, it just kind of looks like you're fiddling around on your phone when you should be taking photos. Um, which is why I love the Apple watch. Cause you can, you can see everything that's going on. People expect you to look at your watch. Um, and, uh, you know, if you need anything, you just look at your watch. It's great. Uh, and yeah, so I, I, I really like that's, that's kind of been the biggest thing for, for me in terms of the Apple watch has been being able to feel good about making sure that I'm aware of everything that's going on outside of the shoot that I'm in, um, while I'm in my shoot and not looking like I'm lazy on my phone. Mm -hmm. I use my phone shamelessly all, all the time throughout <laughs> the day, mostly because I, I actually do have my questionnaire or my time, uh, yeah. uh, time schedule on there. And, uh, yeah, I'm just referring to that. And I just assume if, yeah, people, it's, it's <laughs> yeah less, less important for less of a big deal for weddings, I think, but on events and stuff like that, I, I don't like to be on my phone. I, I feel yeah. like, I feel like people are staring at me being like, why aren't you taking photos of me? Even <laughs> though I have 7,000 photos of you, sir. Yeah. So the, the recycling truck is now coming down and I'm curious to see, we put out an obscene amount of boxes today. Ooh, nice. Let's see if they uh, take speak, them. Speaking of which. Um, today is the day that we get a very small herd of goats, uh, <laughs> yeah. to, to show up in our backyard. So Abby was, I don't know how she found out about this. She's got her ear to the ground, uh, in a really, uh, cool way, but basically, um, she found out, so we've got a poison ivy problem in our backyard, a uh, small poison ivy problem, but mm -hmm. it's, it's significant enough to where we're like, when we, when we drive in, we're like, there's that. There's that poison ivy again. Um, Are either of you allergic? Uh, Abby is. I am not uh, allergic to poison ivy, which is kind of fun. But um, anyway, apparently neither are goats. Uh, and um, there's this service that is available in Richmond uh, that basically there's just this herd of goats that you can hire to basically eat anything um, in your yard. <laughs> um, and... Uh, yeah, we they came over yesterday for a consultation, and uh, yeah, it's gonna cost us a hundred bucks to have a uh, like I guess like two or three goats just like sit around in our yard and uh, eat all the poison ivy over the course of like twenty four hours. That's and, amazing. Yeah, and so they they come over, they set up like this little electric fence, 
And um, they basically like eat for an hour, then they sit down and they like sleep for an hour, and then they wake up and like eat for another hour. And people can pet them, and we can get other people to come over, and other people can pet them. So, um, yeah, that's good. So there's gonna be some some goats in our yard for the next twenty four hours. I love that. <laughs> I, I do wonder what the so um, funny. are they gonna be noisy? Like, do they make a lot of like? One apparently one of them does make a lot of noise. She said she might not bring that one. Oh, okay, um, but uh, basically, but w- well, the reason that we're doing it this way um, is because um, we found out that like pesticides within even within like three miles of a beehive can, uh, if it comes into contact contact with any of the bees can potentially collapse the beehive. Wow. Um, Dang. Like anywhere within three miles. So we're just, so, and, and we like have no freaking clue how to get rid of poison ivy without pesticides. Yeah. Um, or without, I guess, uh, herbicides is what the term is. For um, herbs, herbal. Is that because herb, they're plants? Yeah. yeah. Herbicides are far, far, poison ivy asides um and so um anyway so yeah and so apparently this is like a totally uh, eco option and uh yeah 24 hours later we won't have any more poison ivy which i that's awesome again just find hilarious now i do wonder what that's going to do in terms of long term will it prevent it from regrowing somehow i don't i don't know they're gonna they are going to physically remove like the a, a few like feet of the actual poison ivy like uh vine which is like a pretty big vine at this point yeah um and so they're gonna they're gonna chop that off so that hopefully it stops growing yeah yes. and then the goats will eat everything and then if it comes back again well we'll just have to get some more goats over here in like a year so you know what they're doing these people uh, that are yeah. actually in charge yeah. of the goats that's awesome yeah it's like they they do this for apparently uh a lot of a lot of people so i'm i'm interested awesome so i am going through and looking at my uh converted dng files and uh gosh the the 850 is just a it's a screamer with uh really autofocus man it's so good that's awesome i was really worried uh because i know the 810 and the 800 cameras the autofocus was like actually not as good as, uh, you know, your, um, set, what was the equivalent camera at the time? The 700 stuff like that. 700, like, yeah, yeah. The, the seven, uh, 50 or sorry, the 800. Wow. And the dynamic range. Okay. So I have a silhouette shot at sunset and I'm just pushing the shadows to see how they look. And yeah, I mean, I can go more than I need, which is now three stops and the shadows are still acceptably acceptable recoverable and that's nice. even more than i actually need i'm going to keep this more of a silhouette but i'm just happy um so it's a different type of dynamic range than a d5 correct um uh because the d5 you it's tougher to push the shadows on the d5 oh you can't um, really i mean you're yeah technically I, i've had better luck overexposing versus yeah uh, anything else so it is def- it's a it's definitely been something for me to get used to mm-hmm. uh coming from 750s yep it's weird but uh so a d850 is kind of a return to that way of shooting uh you know 
exposing for for highlights and then bringing yeah. it back. So it's all good. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry to cool. loop that back in, but uh, we should probably no, wrap no, up no. soon anyway. But I was just curious yeah. how. Uh, oh, one one really annoying limitation. If you want to do in camera exposure, uh, like. Um, image overlaying uh you cannot do that with medium raw it has to be in large raw for it to do an image oh, a raw interesting. image overlay which was very annoying yeah, that, to discover because i shot that a bunch makes of, yeah sense i guess uh, but yeah actually it Still, doesn't that, make any sense like it's just it's just a software thing like i don't why i, I, I feel like that's just like lazy develop lazy programming yep. uh-huh because they could easily like confine the double exposure image space to the 12 or to the uh to the medium and small raw formats yeah i don't understand there's a lot have you tried are you sure like have you tried it like on medium and then tried double exposure and just and then what does it say I haven't done medium multiple exposure, like shooting. I'm just talking about when you go to image retouch and then you go to image overlay. Oh, gotcha. And you pick, overlay. Pick two files, two raw files right. that you want to overlay, you know, any two files on the memory card. Uh, it will not let you do anything with medium raw. So it might make you let you do multiple exposures in general with medium raw. I don't know. I'll test that. But I never do them like that anyway because I don't have any live view to compose with. So there's no real problem. Right. Yeah. It's always some some little thing, you know. Yep. Um, all right. Well, um, what's uh, what's on the menu this week uh, in terms of shoots and stuff? Just editing, editing. Uh, gonna visit my my family down in Lynchburg, and then that's it, man. Just just editing. Cool. Yeah. Yes. Same here. I just have a shoot tomorrow morning. Um, just a portrait session, and then. Um, yeah, that's really all I've got going on this week. It's, I've got tons of work to do on editing. Um, so yeah, yeah it's, it's going to be a busy, busy editing week. <laughs> I'm going to get a, through a lot of arrested development. A lot of people have messaged me cause I've been talking about editing a bunch with the whole develop thing. And a lot of people have messaged me asking like, why don't I outsource my editing? And, uh, believe me, I have I tried, uh, just, yeah. just in case you're thinking like I've never heard of it or something. I have definitely tried many different services. There's a few more I want to try out just to see if they can pull it off. But um, that takes a while to, like, set up and and run trials with a new place. And so uh, I haven't had time, basically. Yeah, and... I mean, I know other photog- I know I know of many photographers that uh, that do outsource their editing, um, and really, it's it it should be up to you. I, I don't really think that it should be looked down on at all to outsource your editing. I think it's fine. Um, it's really running running your own business is is hard enough. Uh, so I think whatever you want to outsource. Uh, whatever you feel comfortable outsourcing in order to keep your business moving uh, is what you should do. And if that's editing, great. If that's albums, great. If that's um, yeah. if that's emails, you know, I, I've I've literally heard of people outsourcing their emails. Some people just hire an assistant uh, to handle their emails so they can just focus on the creative stuff. Some people don't actually care that much about the creative stuff. Uh, they would rather just run a business and. Uh, this business happens to be photography. Um, and so they have 
multiple photographers working for them they handle all the the major stuff yeah that um, just sounds horrible but you're right it's but you're totally right <laughs> yeah but it's it in that at that point it's yeah it's just how you want to do it um and so outsourcing is is not a bad thing um but it is and then plenty of companies do a great job with it uh but you know for me i want control over all my images and i want to look at all my images and i want to understand how to improve on each of my images and that requires me to to be editing everything myself however um i I do know many photographers that will still edit but only like the marquee like standout pictures that are going to be featured places and that that i can see working well too but yeah at the same time if you yeah if you're still shooting all the photos throughout the entire day you should be well-versed and completely in touch with like the nuance of where you need to improve. And you only get that by continuing to edit your own photos, at least for a long, long time. I I still think eventually you could, if you found a lab that was good enough, you could hand off editing and you wouldn't be sacrificing any uh, growth as a creative photographer, but it takes a long time to get to that point. And uh, as far as I've uh, found that lab does not exist yet. <laughs> like nobody is able to do a good consistent edit time and time again. And what really sucks yep. is that most labs, um, you know, have employees rotate in and out and then you get a situation where you, things were perfect, but then they bring in somebody new and that person isn't quite as good as the person before them. And yeah, it's just, yeah. Blah. Um, Anyway, yeah. enough about editing. But, uh, go buy D850 if you shoot Nikon. I, everyone keeps saying, like, oh, it's a Canon killer. I don't actually know that I would switch for any reason other than the flippy screen if I shot yeah. the Mark IV and I was already I set just, up with Canon. It, or, yeah. Yeah. And I just wish people would just quit saying that. I mean, they, they said that with a D750, and I, a number of, I know a number of people that did switch over, but nothing's gonna, no, no camera's going to kill another company i just feel like that's stupid uh, i also think that if you're a professional if you actually make money from this the price points on these cameras like everybody switched over to the d750 i mean the flippy screen was great but i don't think that was the biggest reason i think it was the cheaper price yeah and, it's so uh, cheap and and i think that's just a silly reason to consider switching uh personally yeah. because like you're going to make your money back many 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 times over if you have any uh well anyway we don't need to get into all that but <laughs> it's, yeah uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great camera. I'm excited for you to get one. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be sweet when it gets here. Yeah. Um, a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um, but yeah, anyway, well, um, I'll hit you up later. And uh, okay, yeah, bye, bye, great, all right, bye.